If you think you felt a great disturbance in the force, you're not wrong. Ed Gross and me, Mark A. Altman, have a new oral history coming out this July from St. Martin's Press. It's Secrets of the Force, the complete, uncensored, unauthorized oral history of the Star Wars saga. So wherever you buy books, audio and video, pick it up today, pre-order, and you can learn the secrets of the Force. And don't miss our oral history of Star Trek in stores now. And of course, nobody does it better. The complete oral history of James Bond in digital, hardcover, paperback, and audio. That is all. Hey, Darren, have you been watching us on uh, the Electric Now app? I have. I haven't recently because I, I, I watch you pretty much every week when we're doing these things. But yeah, but you know, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, you know what I love about it's, the Electric Now app? It's better it's on so video. It's so easy to use. It's, it's, it's better really on video. Easy. Download the it. app and you watch us. That's all there is to it. It's so and, simple. And a lot of other cool stuff too. You go to the app store. It says electric now. You download it. And then it. Press, in the United States. Press the button and there it is. There it is. And you can choose. You can bookmark it. There's plenty of other movies and TV show to enjoy. And episodes of all your favorite electric surge podcasts. So why wait? Download the electric now app and start enjoying us anytime. If you're a fan of Inglorious Trexperts, you're going to love Trexperts Briefing Room, a Trexperts new series. Trexperts Briefing Room? What is that? I was about to explain, then you interrupted oh, me. I'm it sorry. Is, it's curated audio commentaries of classic Star Trek episodes from the original series all the way through Enterprise. You're going to love it as we explore the behind the scenes making of all these wonderful Star Trek episodes with cast and crew that you would never expect to hear doing audio commentaries on Star Trek. Sounds like fun. It will be. And you can <laughs> find it on the Inglorious Trexperts podcast feed and on the new Trexperts briefing podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's go see what's out there. If you're a fan of the 430 movie, you'll love Best Movies Never Made, hosted by myself, Josh Miller. And Steven Scarlatta. Where we explore some of the greatest movies never made, like E.T. 2. Johnny Quest. Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. And Halloween 3D. New episodes available every other Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. And this is Darren Doctorman, and we are the Inglorious Trexperts. I jumped the gun there. I spoke bit. too soon. You think after doing three years of this, I would I would know how to introduce the show by now. Three full years of an episode every week. Do you realize we're going to have our fourth season premiere next month? That's exciting. It is exciting and a little crazy and a little terrifying. How come we haven't run out of... Uh episode idea some people will disagree with us saying that we have we're just doing the same old stuff over and over again yeah you know because i think people really did not like the episode where we said what if uh d farce kelly had never joined the show and paul fix it stayed with the right. with the right. how would the show have been different if paul fix it played the doctor for right. those next three years i thought the title right. for that was good the fix is in but uh... <laughs> yeah that was a great one though i i don't know why people didn't like it <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they did not like it. 
So uh, anyway, he just wanted to see D Kelly as a villain for the rest of his career. Uh, yeah, playing the heavy. Yeah, that's that word again, heavy. <laughs> so, uh, so Darren, you Mark, know what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about. Uh, it's uh, in another universe. I could have called you friend week. My my dinner with Andre Shatner. My dinner with Bill. Exactly. You know, so for those of you who don't know, of course, the uh, the wonderful uh, Star Trek set tour licensed by uh, Paramount to us at CBS uh, to, to James Cauley up in Ticonderoga, New York, where you can see what it's like to walk in the same shoes as though who's traveled across the stages of Desilu Studios back right. in 1966. And uh, this week, uh, Darren, uh, Darren Doctorman, I was going to say this week, Darren Doctorman was there. This week, Bill Shatner was once again making his triumphant return to Ticonderoga. And our man on the scene was none other than Inglorious Trexpert himself, Darren Doctorman. It was me. It uh, was you. <laughs> you know, I've been to a lot of these uh, gatherings where Mr. Shatner shows up and has a great time. Um, and he comes back because he he loves it up there, mm. primarily because, yes, he makes a lot of money when he goes up there. But that aside, um, I don't think all the money in the world would force Bill to do something that he doesn't want to do because uh, he's uh, he he values his time more than that. Um, and. You know, I've been up there, like I said, I've been up there several times and it's always been exciting and it's always been uh, strange to see this uh, icon, you know, right in front of you. And uh, he loves to engage with the audience, especially in that venue, which is very small. And uh, the biggest crowd that sort of, you know, gathers around during the set tours with him is uh, maybe 30 people at a time, mm. which, uh, you know, Seems like a lot, but it's not really because he yeah. he will engage with every almost everyone in the group at one point or another during the tour, and it's really quite the thing to see, uh, to quote a stormtrooper. Um, but the fun part is, I mean, in Ticonderoga, which I, I learned this weekend in I believe it's Algonquin, means that place in between the lakes. That's what that means. Uh, mm. So it's uh, it's kind of fun. Uh, to uh, go up there, it's it's a very small town, uh, and it's sort of like uh, Star Trek taking place in the middle of Mayberry. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, unfortunately, the COVID uh, the COVID lockdowns shut down uh, two of their four restaurants in town, uh, which is uh, very sad. That the town uh, did not fare very well during the shutdown, but mm -hmm. thank goodness that uh, James and his uh, stalwart uh, band of uh, Trek fans uh, kept the studio tour going. Um, and they're still there. They're still standing better than they ever did, to quote a lyric. Uh, I'm and, still standing by Elton John? That's correct. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not I, a big fan of that song. I'm just sorry. Just for the record. Well, I like I'll, Elton John, but I don't like that song. I'll be glad to hear your songs. I'm just saying, um, I'm not saying, I'm not <laughs> knocking Elton John and Bernie Thompson. They've written some funny. Of the I thought songs. you were. Sounded I like just, you were. <laughs> I just don't like I'm Still Standing. I like a lot of his songs. Goodbye, right. Yellow Brick Road. Great. Rocket Man, of course. Rocket of course. Man. Brings us back well, to who we're talking about. the funny thing. During, during the weekend, 
Um, I think I had just done like the sixth tour with him. And uh, then we went across the street to the little luncheonette that's across the street. And what do you know on the radio is playing rocket man. And uh, I just thought it was, Oh my God, this is the universe laughing with me this time instead of at me. And uh, it was very funny. Um, but he, he came back this weekend ostensibly to uh, share the celebration of his 90th birthday uh, that happened back in April. Um, the man is amazing. First of all, uh, he doesn't look 90, not anywhere near 90. He looks maybe 65, maybe. Um, he, is, uh, he is vital. He is witty. He is sharp. He has a twinkle in his eye. It's unfreaking believable. If, you know, if, if I was that, um, that with it when I was 45, I would have been happy, but I sure wasn't. He's, he's amazing. I mean, and Mark, you know this. I mean, having spent so much time with him on the, the production of Free Enterprise, I mean, he's just, uh, you know, when he's there, he is there. Absolutely. He's extraordinary. He was extraordinary then. He's extraordinary now. Um, I, I just think it's so wonderful that you and this group of people got to have this wonderful experience. And it was so nice to see so many of our listeners up there to see yeah. the reports from Dr. Ken and his yeah. uh, group of merry doctors. Uh, um, it looks like they just had a fantastic time and you, you gave them honorary Trexpert certificates. I see. I did. I did. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not a pushover when it comes to giving the uh, certificates. Cause those are, those are, uh, those are valuable pieces of, uh, cardstock let me well, tell what, you what what what, what <laughs> qualifies somebody as a transfer how do they get one of these certificates well first of all if they say hey i love listening to you guys on the inglorious trexperts that's a big uh, good check mark to start off the conversation uh-huh, um, uh-huh. and i had a lot of those yeah uh, that's good uh, but uh, and the, the second thing is if i had remembered to bring the certificates with me that day Uh, (laughs) that's that's another factor Uh, which is you know it's it's a random kind of thing so people who have these are very lucky yeah Uh, but uh, i got a lot of people coming up and saying that they that they liked listening to the podcast some had just finished listening to our uh, robert butler episode Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. and they they were very uh very uh uh, kind and uh, uh were effusive with uh their uh, enjoyment of the podcast. And I, I wanted to thank all of them for that because it's nice because we're, we live in a, a vacuum here. We don't really get much feedback except from the, the uh, Apple uh, podcast uh, ratings list uh, that, uh, you know, so often want to chastise uh, one or more of us for talking politics, but uh, it's, it's really Honestly. nice. I'm trying to be fair here. Mark, I'm trying to be even. Don't get me. Don't get me stuck (laughs) off on a tangent here because I'll start. I'll start on this subject and it doesn't take much to get me going. Well, no matter your political bend, either left, right or not so, um, you will agree that William Shatner is the Grand Master King of Star Trek uh, in in the world right now. He is the. He's the man. He always has been, but never more than now, because he is the he's 
just about the last man standing. I'm not, you know, I'm not putting aspersions on uh, Mr. Takei or uh, Walter Koenig. Uh, they are, you know, or valuable or Nichelle, valuable members of the crew all, but Shatner is and was Captain Kirk and uh, will always be my hero. And I, I was able to tell him this as he was saying goodbye on the last day. I said, you know, uh, there's that old saying, never meet your heroes because they will always disappoint. But I had, I got to say that you have never disappointed me. And he, he gave me a big smile and said, thank you. Uh, That's nice. That's nice. I want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just rambling. Stop me if you have anything specific you want to ask, but um, cause I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm less than uh, uh, 24 hours back now uh, mm-hmm. from the trip. So I'm still, it's still vivid. Um, I got there uh, in the middle of last week and uh, before all of these, everyone's always sort of running around crazy trying to prepare for the crowds. Cause there's always big crowds there and they figure out where to, where to line them up and they line them up around the block and very long lines for autographs and photo opportunities and for the VIP tours. And what Bill does is he has a series of VIP tours that he gives, you know, a couple times a day, sometimes more. Um, And these VIP tours are him basically taking you around uh, the set of the enterprise and talking in each of the rooms and the people get to ask questions and he uh, gets to interact with them. And, uh, and for, the first, uh, for the first one that happened on Friday, um, James Cauley, who usually uh, you know, follows Bill around on these, uh, he said, hey, Darren, why don't you stand in for me? Cause I got some stuff that I need to get ready for for, uh, for the weekend. Um, why don't you, uh, uh, walk around the sets with Bill and, you know, help him uh, 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 remember stories about the stuff that happened on the show or uh, give him some little uh, tidbits of information about Matt Jeffries or the design or the effects or whatever, whatever that, uh, whatever is interesting to sort of help Bill along and uh, help him make it more enjoyable for everybody. And uh, Bill said, absolutely, that'd be, that'd be fine. And so the first one I did uh, I went with him and we start in the transporter room because that's sort of the, uh, you know, that's where you start any adventure on Star Trek, either people leaving the ship or beaming aboard the ship. And uh, so he gets up there on the on the platform. He stands on one of the transporter pads and uh, he says, well, welcome, everybody. Uh, we're here in the uh, and he turns to me and he says, uh, uh I say, transporter room, transporter room. <laughs> was he kidding or he really didn't remember? I think he was kidding. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Cause of course he remembers. Um, but I think he was, I think he was trying to mess with me a little bit. No, which, no. Which was fun. Cause uh, uh, you know, his, his spiel, as I learned it this weekend, after going through eight of these tours with him, um, his spiel is is mostly the same, but like a good actor and a good uh, uh, monologist, he twists it around and goes sometimes mm. in different directions and goes right. around and loops around and, and uh, gets to the point of the story. Um, 
But I got to learn how he sort of deals with that. It's a, it's a stream of consciousness thing. And uh, sometimes it relied on uh, some comments from either the audience or me uh, to sort of, uh, you know, spark his uh, storytelling abilities. <laughs> and uh, it was fun because he, you know, he started to say, you know, when we first came here uh, back in uh, back in the 60s, uh, they put us in this room and they and they had a stand there in front of the uh, on the on the paths. And then they they would shoot a little bit and then they would say, uh, all right, leave the set, leave the set. We didn't understand that. We leave the set. Why would we leave the set? (laughs) Obviously, because they wanted to shoot a clean plate of the transporter room so they could do the dissolve and dissolve them either into the scene or out of the scene. Um, And uh, he said, we had no idea what they were talking about. Uh, We did. We had no concept that they were going to, you know, chop this film together and make this magic thing. And, uh, you know, we understood that it was. It was sort of a quick storytelling thing so that they didn't have to take the big ship and land it every week. And, and uh, that would be expensive and time consuming. And this way you could get right into the story and, uh, and not worry about it. And, uh, but at this point, he, he figured that they really had no idea what they were doing either the first time. They, uh, you know, they were messing around with this idea of dissolving people out and covering it with some kind of pixie dust, he said. Um, I, uh, I augmented that later, I think around the sixth tour, I said, uh, you know, Bill, you know what that pixie dust was? He said, no, I don't. Um, and I said, well, they, they put a glass of water in front of the camera and dropped in some Alka-Seltzer tablets. And he said, no. I said, yeah, absolutely. And they, they filmed the bubbles and they put a yellow light on them and that's what beamed you down. He said, I had no idea. And I, I, I think he was, I think he was being truthful in those, in those uh, aspects. I think you're right. <laughs> um, but uh, it was stuff like that that uh, that it was so much fun to sort of develop a a banter with him, which you know, twelve year old Darren would have uh, pretty much pissed his pants over that. Uh, you had a, a kind of Laurel and Hardy, Abbott and Costello routine going on with it. It was, it was. It was kind of like that, but it was it was better because it was sort of uh, uh, it was fun and he enjoyed it. He told me later that was a lot of fun. Thank you for doing that with me. I said, oh, my God, of course. Uh, And look, he had he had a couple of uh, sort of standard stories that he would tell, um, which were fun. Uh, I have to say, I'll say this publicly now, even though I didn't call him out on it in public then. he told a story when we were in the uh, the engine room about Stephen Hawking, and uh, because I believe he had Stephen Hawking as a guest on uh, was it his oh, nerve, raw, raw nerve raw mm-hmm. nerve show, um, but he starts it out with the story of he said, you know uh, the the great scientist Stephen Hawking came to visit the Star Trek sets and he was gesturing to the TOS sets. Oh. But of course, Stephen Hawking <laughs> no. visited the next generation sets, yeah, um, yeah. and which is fine. I mean, it, the story basically is the same. It was just the time frame that was different. But the story is that, uh, you know, they they show him the sets of the, you know, giant uh, intermixed chamber where uh, matter meets antimatter and uh, creates these, you know, huge amounts of power that are channeled through the dilithium crystals into the warp engines. And... Uh, 
Stephen Hawking made a comment on his uh, on his computer talking machine that said, "I'm working on that." Yeah, which is a, a great story. And it was as as Bill reminded everyone, uh, it's the title of uh, one of my books, uh, based on yeah. based on uh, science gaining uh, ideas from Star Trek and Star Trek gaining ideas from science. Um, and of course, Stephen Hawking after visiting the sets was invited to do a cameo on next generation and he played himself in a holodeck recreation in times arrow unfortunately he had no control over the episode that he was going to be in sadly (laughs) but um uh but you know he and there was einstein i believe and i forget who else einstein and uh, isaac newton yeah it would have been nice they'd done richard daystrom but uh it was uh let's not push our luck (laughs) <laughs> but that was that was a great moment and and it was terrific and i think it was something very exciting for stephen hawking and i know rick berman and, and brandon they talk about it's one of the few times that they were like actually intimidated or impressed or really excited about someone who came because people came all the time everyone from sharon stone to ronald reagan visited yeah. the sets of next generation which is interesting because i understand that james is currently under construction on his extension of the set tour which is the next generation sets? You know the uh, the uh, the set tour is going to uh, as soon as they can. Uh, they've been certainly hobbled by the uh, pandemic, but uh, as soon as they can, they are expanding into uh, into a building next door, and uh, they're starting to uh, work on the next generation bridge to start out with, and uh, so they're going to have to change the name from the official Star Trek original series to set tour to just the star trek set tours um Mm. and uh, i think that'll be very exciting certainly there's a whole mess of uh, next generation fans around the world who uh uh would look forward to uh, seeing this um you know the uh, the uh, Star Trek experience in Las Vegas uh, back in the uh, early part of this century um, had uh, great representations of next generation, and uh, unfortunately, people these days really have no outlet for that if they are fans of next gen. Uh, but hopefully, uh, if things go well and uh, uh, work can progress, uh, they're going to open up that avenue of fandom for everybody. He's going to have to buy the whole town if he's going to expand the Deep Space Nine because that uh, promenade uh, is a pretty big set. Well, you know what? I think that uh, any uh, any investment in that town uh, would be uh, uh, well done because it's uh, there's no place to go but up. That town has uh, has been through some serious uh, depression uh, era uh, uh, experiences. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think James has done an amazing job to help uh, pull it up out of the mud and uh, get it moving again, which is sure. uh, a great thing. The restaurants, the hotels, all the people that come yeah. to experience this uh, set tour. Um, you know, there's a the whole uh, industry that benefits. This weekend, there was more than 1500 people there just for Bill Shatner. Really interesting. Yeah. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. That's fantastic. As Bill would say, that's fantastic. Oh, that's that's amazing. <laughs> so you went on these tours with Bill and you take them. Where, where are some of the other sets? You obviously, you mentioned the transporter room. Well, the you great thing the is we, we, we went into the briefing room, which, you know, obviously is the uh, is the room with the, the sort of uh, big ship like, uh, uh, you know, the curvature uh, of the walls, the curvature of the walls and the and the uh, pillars in it. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, 
it it's taken over by this big conference table, right? And uh, I think this is one of the things that uh, uh, made Mr. Shatner want to have me around because I said, you know, Bill, uh, this table was sort of designed for you. And he said, really, how? And I said, well, Matt Jeffries, who was the art director on the original show, um, he designed this to make it easy to shoot a scene around the captain. And Bill was sitting in that seat where all the lines on the table point to, basically. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a corner with the, with the corner cut off. So he sits right there and it's the focal point of every seat on that table. And the whole table is designed to be able to shoot around the captain and how he relates to the people sitting at the table. And it's, uh, I, I was saying, you know, it's, it's very important for a director to be able to easily block out relationships around a table because it's very hard to plan out without jumping over stage line or changing screen direction and confusing the audience as to who's talking to who. Well, not um, only that, you know, as people remember from listening to Bob Butler last week, you know, when he talked about Riddle, Riddle Me This Batman, the, the yeah. pilot, you know, there was a scene that was set around a conference table yep. and how awful those are to shoot because there are only so many ways you can shoot a round or a square con- rectangular conference table. Yeah. And it's and all he, awfully boring. And how he avoided the whole thing by having Batman walk around the room and having everybody follow him. And deduce things and they were trailing yep. behind him. To give it some momentum because nobody wants to shoot a scene at a table. What was so brilliant about what Matt Jeffries did was it was a a, a unique shape. And then by also putting the view screen, you could have images in the foreground or in the background. And uh, by making the room itself so interesting, as well as the shape of the table, it it, it gave life to those briefing room scenes, which uh, in a traditional sort of table conference setting would be awful. I mean, even look at next generation um, where they had the big long oval table. Um, you know, th- those scenes don't have a lot of life to them. It's, right. it's, it's a very expository. A- absolutely. And I think it was at this point that Bill really, you know, got the feeling that I, I, I knew something of what I was talking about because he was, <laughs> he was really surprised and said, uh, yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. I hadn't really thought of it that way before. And uh, so I think we we bonded over that room, uh, which was which was fun because every every other time we went in there, he he said, uh, uh, "Darren here has some fun things to say about this about this table." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really funny. And that's when you said, "What are you doing the podcast, Bill?" <laughs> you know, I was I was really close to to sort of mentioning the topic, but I thought that this isn't the right time. But you know when the right time is? In when Vegas. I ask him. In what? Vegas. In oh, Vegas. in Vegas. Oh, okay. Because that way we can connect the dots and, you know, really take him by surprise and hopefully, you know, get him in the right state of mind. Take him by we'll surprise. Yeah. yeah. Like the Gorns did at Cestus 3. Good plan. Well, hey, the Gorns did a pretty good job at Cestus 3. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, anyway, but the, that was the, the thing that re- I remember specifically about uh the briefing room is that i sat right across from him caddy corner to the to the uh, (laughs) captain's chair and i'm telling you as i was looking across he was doing that he was sitting with his hands hands folded together and he was doing 
the risk is our business pose. So funny. And, and it was there conscious. I'm was. sure it wasn't even conscious. It, I'm, it wasn't, but that was just him. That was Captain Kirk yeah. sitting in front of me with the yeah. with the three-dimensional chessboard in between us. And oh my God, here he was from the first frame of where no man has gone before. You know, 50 nine years ago for god's yeah. sake and there he was and i you know there he sits yes and i i took a couple quick pictures of him and man oh man uh if you're if you're uh, already friends with me on facebook i'm not taking any more friend requests by the way um but if you're already my friend on facebook you can see that photo and oh my god at 90 he still likes looks you know he, he's still the man he was when he was 36 they used to say if man could fly, he'd have wings. But he did fly. He discovered he had to. Do you wish that the first Apollo mission hadn't reached the moon, or that we hadn't gone on to Mars and then to the nearest star? That's like saying you wish that you still operated with scalpels and sewed your patients up with catgut, like your great-great-great-great-grandfather used to. I'm in command. I could order this, but I'm not. Because Dr. McCoy is right in pointing out the enormous danger potential in any contact with life and intelligence as fantastically advanced as this. But I must point out that the possibilities, the potential, our knowledge and advancement is equally great. Risk. Risk is our business. That's what the starship is all about. That's why we're aboard her. You may descend without Do I hear a negative vocal? Well, you know, it's that old um, question that he always gets in interviews. How much of Captain Kirk is you and how much uh, you know, of you is Captain Kirk? And uh, isn't that was that was in the Inside Star Trek that record album? As well? that, that was the question that Gene Roddenberry asked him. And you know what? He talked about that, not about Gene Roddenberry asking it, but he, he sort of admitted, you know, uh, I think the, the truth is that uh, 90% of Captain Kirk is Bill Shatner and, and uh, the rest is just, you know, brings him close to the, uh, the, the perfect character. Close because I'm the perfect character and he's somewhat <laughs> diminished. <laughs> That's uh, hysterical. But so it, it's true when you're an actor who doesn't have time to prepare, who's getting these scripts, you know, yeah. up at the last moment and the TV schedule is punishing. You have nothing but being able to fall back on your own idiosyncrasies and own personality and own passions. Uh, it's, you know, so it's not surprising that so much of Captain Kirk is Bill Shatner. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that I think that that's part of why we like him so much, because he is able to sort of get the best parts of himself and bring those forward uh, yeah. for his portrayal. Yeah. This is Gene Roddenberry and Bill Shatner. 
In a conversation I guess we've never had before, Bill, uh, there are some questions I've been wanting to ask you for about 10 years. One of them is, how much of Bill Shatner is Captain Kirk? Well, Gene, the act of putting on a television show, a television series, is such a back-breaking, uh, all-encompassing task. The hours we put in are so enormous that to be able to uh, make up a character and sustain that for the years that we did it would be impossible, I think, for anyone, but certainly impossible for me. So mm -hmm. what essentially comes out is William Shatner himself, as himself, saying the lines that were written for me to say in a situation that I was placed in. I think that uh, the people you see on television playing leads in television series, that's what they're like. When people ask, what is so-and-so really like, the lead on a television show, what you're seeing is what you're getting. How did Captain Kirk, the, the character, the, the strong, the uh, usually wise uh, commander of the vessel, how much did that influence you and your personality? I don't think that I carried home any of the uh, characteristics of Captain Kirk other than, as I've just said, those characteristics were me. But the wisdom and the sagacity and the courage that Captain Kirk evidenced in the play of the week was written uh, as fiction. And uh, I often wish that I could be able to do that in my own personal life, but fallible me is fallible me. In, in, all, the, in all the tours, it, they end up with a sort of a round table uh, in the bridge where they set up folding chairs around the, uh, around the perimeter. Uh, and of course, Bill sits in the captain's chair and holds court. And it's at this point where he, you know, he instigates a conversation with the, with the people who are on the tour. And it's really fascinating because he's, he's absolutely interested in what people have to say. And a lot mm. of people don't realize this. He is, he's certainly more interested in hearing people talk than hearing himself talk which you might think is kind of strange, but he is, you know, he's a very, uh, he's a very thoughtful person and he, he likes to listen to people, uh, especially when he isn't given a script to read. Uh, he likes learning from people and he's, he has a voracious appetite for knowledge. And uh, in, in a couple of the tours, he got into, you know, talking about some very esoteric things like the the nature of dimensions and uh you know him realizing that you know uh one dimension is a line and you know he 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 just sort of uh, realized that one day did did anyone realize that one dimension is a line and uh well, you know a couple of the smart ass people say well, yeah yeah we did yeah but have you ever actually thought about it what's so ironic is that, you know, Shatner, in a way, is V'ger. Learn all that is learnable, know all yeah. that is knowable. He's yeah. always has an insatiable lust for knowledge. You know, he, that's why he did the talk show, even when he does the, you know, the books. You know, he just is so interested in people's stories and, 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 and uh, um, just learning about things that he doesn't know about, expanding yeah. the frontiers of his knowledge. Again, Captain Kirk. He's he's uh, he's so uh, refreshing, isn't the word? It's just it's it's surprising that this you know this man who played this character for so many years that we you know grew up with, and 
became closer to him via remote uh, than as close to a lot of people in our actual lives. You know, Uh, we, we grow to think of him as a family member because he was in our house every day. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the fact that here he is in, in the flesh, the real, the real McCoy who is captain Kirk. um, It's just amazing because you know, he is, he is, you know, far beyond, uh, stars, far beyond the Captain Kirk. Um, and yet he is everything that Captain Kirk is. Has he come to accept this? Is he still astounded by the fact that 1500 people would trek out to Ticonderoga to come spend a bunch of money to see him on the recreations of these sets from, you know, 1960s? I think he's I think he's gotten to the point where he can at least accept it. I don't mm-hmm. think he's to the point where he can understand it. Hell, I don't even understand it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't understand the magnetism of this and why we are talking about Star Trek now where we're not talking about Wild Wild West. Mm. You know, um, but there's something magical about Star Trek. And and, you know, at, at, at points during the tour, we, we talked about it. Uh, the whole group and and he, um, but there's no real answer because it's a very individualistic answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that you know certainly, as I've known him uh, appearing at Ticonderoga, he is certainly to the point where he can accept that he is Captain Kirk, because yeah. uh, it was only at at Ticonderoga where I saw him. Uh, signing autographs, William Shatner, Captain Kirk, which he had never done, uh, you know, the whole, you know, uh, dozens of years of signing autographs, he would never sign them as Captain Kirk. Mm-hmm. But now I think he's, he's started to embrace that fact. And I am Captain Kirk. I'm yeah, Captain Kirk. <laughs> give, given into the fact that, yeah, that's what he's going to be mostly known for. And that's okay. I think it's become okay to him. Well, I think also because he's won Emmys for another character, you yeah. know, in Boston Legal. You know, he, to a certain group of people, he is T.J. Hooker. Yeah. You know, he, he's had a, a run of feature films. Um, he is an iconic uh, uh, actor that's yeah. known the world over, you know, as a personality as well as Captain Kirk. Um, and probably a lot of those people at Ticonderoga use Priceline to book their hotel rooms. So he is very comfortable with uh, his place in the universe, I believe. And Which at 90, you would he hope. Didn't used to be. He didn't use That's to. for sure. That's for sure. Um, you know, I, look, I, I mean, I remember when we were doing Free Enterprise. Um, it's uh, what? More than 20 years now. It's yeah. more than 20 years. And, you know, that was still when he was wrestling with this identity of Captain Kirk. Yeah. And I think he wasn't sure he, you know, at that time even wanted to go there. And, you know, we we set him off on the beginning of this journey, you know, this whole third act, fourth act, you know, this meta exploration of William Shatner is- Who is Bill Shatner? Who is Bill Shatner? Guys, you gotta mix a little reality in with your imagination to, achieve happiness in your life and you've got to overcome your programming which in your case is a 30 year old television show i mean come on 
Let me tell you. Let me let me tell you a story. I was jogging one evening around my neighborhood, and I came across a, a, a house on fire. And the crowd had gathered, and the, and the fire engines hadn't come yet. And uh, the crowd all turned to me and said, oh, look, there's Captain Kirk. And this guy came running over, uh, turned out to be the father. And, and he said, Captain Kirk, Captain Kirk, my, my child's in the burning building. Please, you got you to save my kid. Please go. So what was I going to do, argue with him? I was Captain Kirk. So I found myself running into the burning building. Now I'm looking for the kid. And it's the fire and the smoke and the... And the heat, and I, so I got down on my hands and knees because I had seen Rescue 911. And I was crawling around in the, in, in the dark, and the smoke is in my lungs. I'm coughing, I can't see it, and I'm calling kid. Where are you, kid? No kid. Kid's not answering, I'm calling kid. Kid, kid, no kid. And I'm dying. I mean, the flames are burning me up, so I gotta get out of there. So I'm coughing and hacking, the masonry's falling all around me, and I back out, and I get outside. And there I see the kid playing on the lawn kid had jumped out of the window. The father had caught him. He's playing on the grass. The father's fine. He's playing on the grass. The crowd is playing on the grass. The crowd all turn around looking at me. Captain Kirk. They're all laughing at him. I felt like such an idiot. And then I realized I'm not Captain Kirk. I'm not a hero. I didn't have the kid. I felt absolutely ridiculous. And, um, but you know, before that, yeah, there was a real resistance to being associated. Same thing Mark Hamill went through with Luke Skywalker, which he, he, he came to accept. And I think part of it was he realized how much love there was for him, you know, on Twitter, the way he was embraced, particularly when Force Awakens opened. You can say a lot of things about that movie, but the one thing is it showed, I think, Mark Hamill, how excited people were about the character and about him. And he really became... You know, uh, because he was doing bad movies like, you know, Sushi Girl and all this, you know, he's kind of a joke, Mark Hamill. And then and the Joker, you know, but he was no, he's great as the Joker. But, you know, a lot of people who don't really, you know, know didn't realize he had this whole other career in animation, in which he was so brilliant. And, you know, for Shatner, it was the same kind of thing. He had those years in the desert. You know, where he was doing, you know, the bad B movies and all that stuff. And yeah, Kingdom of know, the Spiders. Is there nothing more? And then, you know, he kind of, you know, basically resuscitates his, you know, his career and he's more famous and more successful and getting better roles than he'd ever gotten, you know, before. And, um, you know, like you said, he's also, there's a little bit of Loki in him, a little bit of prankster. I mean, I, you know, I've talked about this on the show when we went to the Cannes Film Festival with him and he gave his you know, bomber jacket from Free Enterprise to Planet Hollywood can. And he told this long, elaborate story about the history of the jacket. And now I return it to the beaches of France. Eddie Rock, Rick and Bacher's, uh, you know, with the World War One flying ace and the thing. And, and it's like, wow, Bill, we had no idea that that was the history. Our costume designer didn't tell us. This is incredible. And he says, I made it up, you know, but he did it for, you know, the, <laughs> he did it for the, a good the, cause. Yeah, he did it, you know, to have a great story and 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 and, you know, that was captivating and 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 exciting and funny and, you know, had this great punchline. And um, he just, you know, it's just you realize what a great storyteller he was. And and and, you know, as I say, just how much, you know, joy he took in just being Bill Shatner. Yeah. You know, finally. Yeah. uh, Finally being comfortable. Because yeah, he'd be comfortable he, in his he own was skin. rarely comfortable as himself. Well, and I think 
and this isn't to tell tales out of school, you know, when you begin your career as like this impossibly good looking leading man, mm-hmm. you know, who at a certain age starts to you know lose that you're putting on a little more weight, you know, you don't, you don't have that kind of, um, uh, 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 good looks on forever. Yeah, yeah, and and I think he was really wrestling for a while with growing older. But yeah. the funny thing is, that was in his sixties and seventies, and I think yeah. by the time, uh, you know, by the time he's in his seventies and eighties, he's accepted it. Like yeah. he went through that kind of midlife crisis, like at midlife, <laughs> and then you know, he got frankly, over. It. I I think he's I think he's in his midlife crisis now. <laughs> at yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, uh, but uh, you know. I mean, I'd heard secondhand from other people that he was having a real difficult. He was going through a Kirk was going through in Star Trek too in his actual life, you know. And uh, but then he came to you know to accept it. And you know he he's he's there's a wonderful interview a couple of weeks ago with a British newspaper where they talk about you know you're turning ninety. What's the secret to the fact that you know you look great and you have all this energy and and you know he just talks about you know I'm constantly busy. I'm always doing things. I'm always interested and engaged and, you know, I never stop running. Hi. Hi. Um, I wanted to, first of all, take the opportunity to, I know you have a birthday coming. I do. I, I, and, you know, I, 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 I try to forget it. Oh, well. No, after about, what is it, 25, 30 years of age, you start saying, ah, no, 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 I'm 31, it doesn't matter. <laughs> 35, 49. My for my fiftieth birthday, apparently I, I've forgotten this. I went to bed for three days. Okay, sixtieth <laughs> birthday. It's getting like, jeez, man, uh, sixty. A lot of my friends are seventy years old. Seventy is bloody old. <laughs> That's old seventy. Now you oh, get really? to eighty. Oh, how did that happen? I, I don't know. How old are you? Fifty-seven. Fifty-seven is old. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to wish you a happy birthday early. Thank you. Um, my father had exactly the same birthday as you. The same day, the same year. Same year? Yes. And he was very proud of that, actually. He used to tell me all the time, I have the same birthday he as you. He should be embarrassed. Birthday. He's so old. <laughs> how's, he, how's, how's he getting around? He's not. <laughs> He's not here anymore. He's you dead? Are. Yes. Why are you You're telling me that? Not he, this past weekend was a marathon. There was uh, he got in at around five o'clock on Friday night, did two tours. Now, each tour is an hour going through the sets and 45 minutes on the bridge. Mm. Now, this is a this is a marathon. He did two of those on Friday night, four of those on Saturday, plus two hours of autographs for, you know, signing like 500 autographs within two hours and and uh, then photo opportunities with another 500 people. Mm. Uh and it's just, it's nonstop. And he didn't let down at all. Right. He, he just kept moving like a, you know, we just did Shark Week on 430 Movie. He's like a shark. He just keeps moving and moving and moving and he doesn't stop and he doesn't relent. Yeah. And that's what keeps him going. Yep. Yeah. And so, um, you know, what, what, what did, did you guys, um, I saw there were pictures of him boating. You know, oh, yeah. on the boat with James. We, we um, uh, I was there. I took those pictures. We, oh. <laughs> uh, uh, James said, "Hey, we're going to pick up Bill uh, from his uh, hotel at the top of Lake George, and uh, we're going to, you know, take a half hour boat ride down to bring him to the set." And uh, I said, 
count me in. And so, you know, seven in the morning, we're going up in the boat to pick him up. And uh, he got in and he loved it. He was asking questions and, and uh, wondering, uh, you know, uh, who had settled in this area and if the, if all the trees were uh, original growth and uh, he loved it. Uh, and it was, it was really, it was an amazing thing because the beautiful weather and the, the sun was shining on the, uh, on the waves and the wind was uh, whipping past us in the speedboat. It was so much fun. And seeing him sitting there at, you know, at the bow, it was magical. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, that was great. Yeah. Seeing, seeing him behind the wheel. Um, I, you know, I also saw uh, that wonderful uh, moment when, um, uh, the engagement when when the, that boy proposed to his girlfriend, yep. Uh, yep. and uh, my first instinct, well, you know, you have a ship's captain there, maybe he can marry you. But uh, well, that wh- that's the plan, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, and there's another couple who's going to do the same thing. They're they're both going to be going to uh, to Ticonderoga uh, later on in the year, I think, sometime around November, and uh, they're going to get married, and the captain is going to marry them. Is he so? Is he so is he ordained now, where he can conduct weddings, or you know, I don't know, but I think it's one of those things where you know you get the legal wedding uh, out of the yeah. way, and then you have the uh, the the fantasy uh, match right. later. That's uh, so funny because you know that was the basically the premise of the uh, the um, unproduced and unmade free enterprise to the Wrath of Shatner, yeah. where. Um, Rob and Claire were going to be uh, getting married and they want William Shatner to conduct the marriage. So he decides he's going to become a rabbi so he can conduct the, conduct the wedding and uh, hijinks ensue, um, which was a delicious premise that we had concocted. And I don't talk about that movie. Awesome. Off, often because obviously <laughs> awesome. uh, it, it died a, a, you know, a horrible death right before we were supposed to shoot it yeah. um, for, for reasons I won't get into uh, that had nothing to do with, pillar eye no um and uh but um i i think that uh i think that's great i think that that's that's so wonderful and you know of course i would be a little concerned having bill marry me because we all know what happened in uh, bounds of terror well that's what i was saying you know if if we're going to have these uh these people marrying on the bridge then we got to have the romulans attack right away (laughs) how funny if you don't tell them that right yeah and 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 the, he does the wedding, and all yeah. of a sudden the re- it goes then, to red alert. Red alert, and, <laughs> and it's like oh, shake the set. Oh, that is so funny. Well, the funny thing is when this when this uh, poor kid was uh, about to uh, propose, he, he you know uh, he announces it, and and Shatner says, "Well, don't tell us about it. Just get on your knee and do it." It was amazing, and he 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 did it right away, and he did a good job. And uh, listen to your captain. Yeah, you know, he could use a little advice from Phil. Well, he, he certainly has a lot of experience in that uh, realm as well. Yeah, that's that's true. That much that much is certain. Right. But um, what, what what an extraordinary trip! What surprised you the most about your um, your your Ticonderoga Odyssey? You know, I think uh, I think that uh, what it was like to be a, a man. You know? Oh my God! The oh, I got to tell this one other funny thing. He he's talking about uh, he was talking about some kind of uh, uh, effort to reconnect with nature and to learn more about how ecosystems work and all that. And he starts he starts quoting whales weep not. Okay, I don't think that he realized at the time 
that this was, you know, a quote from Star Trek Four because I think he was interested in this poem first, obviously. Right. Yes. And uh, of course, it's D. H. Lawrence, and he 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 kept he kept trying to come up with the uh, with the name of the of the uh, the poet, and uh, I just blurted it out. Oh, that's that's D. H. Lawrence. Wales weep not. He said, "Yes, it is. That's absolutely right. How did you know that?" I said, <laughs> "I saw it in Star Trek Four, Bill." <laughs> and and then he 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 sort of oh I said but that's okay because it made me go read the poem and he said all right I guess that's all right <laughs> <laughs> that's hysterical yeah that's 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 really funny what an amazing what an amazing week you had it was great so great and you know we're not even really talking you know all you know Bill and everything was great. You know, these amazing sets to walk oh, yeah. on the bridge of the Enterprise and in sick bay and the transporter room and the corridors of the Enterprise. Well, it's, um, it's, it's magical because the whole place is filled with love, love for Star Trek, love for the art, love for the history and uh, just love for something that we loved when we were kids and can make it real now, which is. Okay, James, amazing. I'm going to give you a pull quote that you can use in the advertising. It's Disneyland. For Star Trek fans, there you go. That's my quote. You could you can use it. Just credit me, Mark A. Altman, author, the fifty year mission. Fifty year no, mission. Make Mark A. Altman co-host and glorious Trexperts. Wait, no, Mark A. Altman, showrunner, Pandora. No, wait, Mark A. Altman. <laughs> nah, whatever you want to say. Write a producer, yeah, I, free enterprise. <laughs> um, but uh, but um, it is. It's Star Trek land for it's 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 Disneyland for Star Trek fans. It's amazing. Uh, I um, I definitely want to get up there at some point. And, you, gotta. Uh, you know, it just seems, um, you know, and I know they have Trek Conderoga coming up. Uh, which Trek Conderoga be... at the end of uh, August. And uh, I believe George Takei has been announced that he will be oh, there. Oh, my. That's Ooh. very exciting. Is and Sulu that... here? Yes, he is. Yes, he is, Captain. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, there's a couple more guests, which I'm not sure they have announced yet, but uh, uh they are well worth the while. Go to uh, StarTrekTour.com and uh, learn more. This and if you a, miss, this isn't a paid ad. Believe me, I spent a lot of money this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and if you missed, if you missed Darren at Ticonderoga, you'll have another chance to see him. Yes, and Mark week. Altman. Well, me too. But you'll get to see Darren <laughs> at. Uh, I'll be the one who's avoiding you. But you can. Um, you 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 want to come to the Creation Convention 55 year mission tour in Las Vegas? We'll be there. Uh, we got a couple of great panels coming up. Uh, we can uh, we can announce we're doing um, uh, an Inglorious Trexperts panel with our our good pal and uh, executive producer of the show, Dean Devlin, on uh, Friday the 13th. Uh, we'll be doing some other panels about Trek's greatest moments. It will not be a four part six hour episode. It will be. Uh, will be edited down somewhat for uh, public consumption. Uh, we'll be joined by Adam Malin as we fed him for um, 50 years of creation conventions. And um, Darren will also be appearing on another panel, which he, uh, I don't think he can talk about yet, but uh, yet. it'll be, uh, be announced shortly. Soon, and uh, soon. Ash, Ashley Miller will be joining us. And uh, the great, uh, are you ready? Hold on to your seats. This is why they're putting uh, seatbelts uh, in movie theaters this summer. Rafe Needleman is coming. Yes, indeed. 
the great Rafe Needleman with all new trivia questions. He has not written trivia questions since 1979 when he was 16 years old and wrote the official Star Trek trivia book. But for Vegas and Glorious Trexperts, there will be all new trivia questions. Find wow. out if you too are an Organian. That's all, you know, I, this is the first time I'd, I'm hearing this. That's awesome. And uh, we'll see, we'll see if he's an Organian still. I'm sure he is, but remember, perhaps you can evolve to an even higher plane of existence. At age 12, I was a Vulcan. I was a full on Vulcan. So maybe if you're really, saying. if you, you, you're, what's more powerful than an Organian? An honorary Trexpert. Well, and you'll have a chance to uh, get honorary Trexpert certificates signed by not only Darren, right, but me. I think this as is the well. only opportunity to get both of us on the certificate. It's like a solar eclipse. It's very rare, and you <laughs> need to cover your eyes. But you know, all I can say, you know, and believe me, it, if you already have a an uh, an honorary Trexpert certificate given by me. Bring it by and Mark will sign it. Well, let me I, I a legacy. few questions first, but I well, will sign it. it the, yeah. the questions aren't too hard. I mean, yeah. not for okay. true gamesters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that'll be that'll be fun. I'm I'm uh, I, I you know, I, I all kidding aside, I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's been a long time since we've been in a convention. Um, you know, obviously with the pandemic, it's been two years since the last San Diego Comic Con. Um, in fact, my Facebook feed keeps reminding me two years ago, you know, or my my iPhone is like showing me photos, memories. And it's like, oh, yeah, I remember this. In fact, I had a run from like, it was 2017, 2017, 2016, 2018, they did it all this week. Comic-Con, 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 Comic-Con. So um, but, you know, it's really um, look, I've known I've known, um, you know, Adam and Gary since I'm 10 years old going to their baseball card shows in Brooklyn. So there's something special about. Uh, going and celebrating this 50th anniversary you know with them it's it's amazing it's amazing because yeah this is this is the direct line of fandom that has gone throughout our lives and it's like a telephone for talking to god oh wrong convention that's uh that's the raise of the lost art convention we're not going to that one um but yeah it's <laughs> But it's it's going to be it's going to be great. We you know we're we're going to be on panels. Um, you can stop by the booth. We'll have um, yes, uh, you know, booth. Uh, our guest host uh, Peter Holmstrom will be at the booth. Mm -hmm. You know, so you know, I, I bet Peter would love to hear how much you're enjoying his episodes. Uh, he's been with him and Lisa Clink have been doing a great job, working really hard. Absolutely. And you know, you can stop by and suggest show topics or um, download the Electric Now app. Uh, but you no, know, uh, I Peter might would... even give Peter a stack of honorary Trexpert certificates. Well, you should give him one. He has qualified with all well, these great shows course, they've been doing. Of course, but he's also qualified to give them out if yes. he sees fit. That's true. But he's 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 tough. He's tough. I don't know. I don't know if he'll be as generous. You're a soft touch. He might be well, a little more difficult. They they uh, on on the net today someone said that uh, I I had a I had a, a a gruff exterior but that I was a teddy bear on the inside. And I That's said true. Well, remember, on Vulcan, the teddy bears are alive and have six-inch fat. <laughs> that is so funny and so true. Um, <laughs> it, it's interesting because I actually really don't like, you know, I have a problem with the, the Trexperts. Uh, name is, is thrown around a little too much. A lot of people call themselves Trexperts and use the word Trexperts as though it's not the same as being a Trek fan. 
No. Anyone could be a Trek fan. And that's great. I'm not taking anything away from it. Trek enthusiast, Trek fan, Trekker, Trekkie, whatever you want to call yourself. Trek spirits are very special. <laughs> it's, 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 it's not like being, you know, it's not like being a spaceship commander. It's not like being a spaceship commander. It's like being, it's like a, being a, starship. a starship captain. It's a very, very different special. thing. Very special. And place. only certain people are capable of being Trek spirits. <laughs> people have read my book. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, but uh but yeah so so you know we gotta we gotta separate what do they say the something from the chafe what do they call it the wheat from the chaff the you, wheat the, the wheat from the city chaff. boys yeah. you city boys don't know much about that but that's yeah, all you right know, you know agriculture that's my big uh, thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I know so much about agriculture um but uh and um where are we gonna eat have you been thinking about like uh oh yeah oh yeah yeah we're not going to we're not going to say on here because we don't want people following. <laughs> no, we don't. Well, you know, we will say it's it's heartbreaking that Red Square is gone because, yeah. of course, we used to go there at the Mandalay Bay for steak. It was and it was so, so good. good. And one night, Mikhail Gorbachev was sitting two tables away. No pictures. No pictures. Remember, we want to take a picture. They're like, no pictures. No, no, no. You don't. They do didn't that. want pictures of Mikhail Gorbachev. Yeah. At Red Square, yeah. where they had what wasn't there a fallen statue of Lenin or something? Well, they, there uh, was a, there was a statue out front that was broken and had uh, bird droppings on it. Oh, yeah. 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 So, um, but man, and, they had a good filet mignon. Oh, my God. The filet mignon was great. And uh, they they had an ice bar with uh, like a 100 different kinds of vodka. Uh, yeah. It was. Oh, my God. It's one of those things that, you know, made Vegas the Disneyland for adults. Uh it was so much fun and we have so much great memories there. Yeah. But the problem is when they came and they said, uh, you know, we have a hundred different vodkas and Darren said, where's the whiskey? Where's the brandy? <laughs> Give me the brandy. Um, You'll be there by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I said, your, your brother's coming too. your brother, brother is coming. My brother is not coming. And well, he's never missed a chance to go to Vegas, but he, he's busy. He can't go. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. But, he, uh, he says, is there anyone there I can insult? Like I insulted Will Wheaton that time at the Star Trek convention. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, you, you can't. You can't come, Ira. Sorry. But um, I like your brother. I know. I like my brother, too. Good. My brother's great. So but he's That's not. The... <laughs> I'm not saying he's not. <laughs> what are you insinuating? <laughs> he's no cyborg. But... <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> but um but it'd be nice. But in all, all seriousness, we are really, we're doing a bunch of panels. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun to meet a lot of you who are fans of the podcast. Um, I'm happy to talk politics. Um, <laughs> um, what else? What else do we have to say? I think that's about it. I think we should wrap this one up. That's fine with me. I, I, I can't talk anymore about Star Trek right now. I've been talked out. You talked out well, you know, you've been doing a lot of talking about it all, yeah, right. all weekend long. There's a lot of tours, it's a lot of tours. So, uh, Star but, I mean, clearly, people really benefited from your insight, your knowledge that's for sure. They were lucky to get you as their tour guide. Well, it was sure fun, and uh, it was sure fun to hear Bill Shatner saying, I hope you can come back in November. Yeah, that's nice. Are you going to be able to go back in November? You know, I think uh, my work on the uh, on the motion picture project may preclude that preclude you from doing that. We'll what see. if he says, I want to talk to you about Star Trek five. 
and you have to go. I'd love to talk with him about Star Trek Five. Mm. And uh, who knows? Does he ever talk about that on the tour? Um, he mentions it a little bit. He he talked yeah. about he talked about directing his daughter on the bridge, mm. and uh, giving her the business of uh, trying to find a spot to hang his jacket. You know, we got to get Liz on the show to talk about her book about the making of Star Trek. I 5. think we got it. I haven't talked to her in a while. I, I got to see if I can track down her contact information because I think she'd be great. She was, I, I, I always liked her. She was always yeah. a little spitfire. She, she, she had great stories and she knows how much we love her dad. So she was always very nice to us. Um, so that'd be great. But uh, this was great, Darren. I'm so glad you suggested this. And especially coming on the heels of like our deep dives with like Joe D'Agusta and Robert Butler. And it was nice to do something a little different, mix it up. Absolutely. And, uh, and we didn't even you know what? touch I, the mailbag. I, I would have had another interview with James Cauley talking about all the stuff that's happening there, but there was just no time. No time. There was no time at all. We were, I was busy with Mr. Shatner and right. what a great excuse. Yeah, absolutely. Look, that's, that was why you were there. And uh, it was, uh, it was lucky for Bill. You were there. It was lucky for all those fans who got to see the two of you banter and, 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 uh, Share your Star Trek knowledge. It's it's so. better for me. It's better for them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! We should just do an episode of Trexperts. All it is it's, is where quotes. It's all quotes. It's just all quotes. quotes all the time. Yeah, we just go from quote to quote, and there's, there's nothing other than 100 Star Trek quotes. <laughs> oh my god! Give us 22 minutes, we'll give you the world. Wins. <laughs> uh, okay. Well. Um, I want to thank everybody for joining us for another episode of Inglorious Trexperts. If you're a fan of this podcast, please rate us five stars wherever you listen. And if you want to watch the video podcast, check us out on Electric Now. You can download the app at your favorite app store, as well as our sister podcast, The Best Movies Never Made, The Fourth Three Movie, Cartoon Barroom, and the Electric Now exclusive video podcast, Leverage Redemption After Show, a very distinctive podcast. And uh, you should check it out. They're doing a great job great if you're a fan of leverage you're going to love the podcast it's it's great and um of course if you want to know what's coming up on inglorious trexperts you can visit us on social at facebook uh, twitter instagram uh where all the latest inglorious trek news is uh is there for the taking it's there for the taking are you man enough to take it but uh and then uh of course we want to thank the great bill ritter bill um i have to tell you you know one of the Bill is so great. Bill is so great. I saw Bill today. I was over at the uh, at the studio, and um, you know, he said, "Did you notice what I did with Bob Butler?" And I said, uh, "Yeah, you you tightened it up a bit, didn't you?" And he said, "Yeah, because you know, look, the thing about Bill, uh, Bob, amazing, m- amazing, but you know, he is ninety three years old, and sometimes it take a little for him to, you know, so he just." took some of the air out of it and it played great. And it's a wonderful episode. It's one of my favorites. And, um, you know, Bill takes such pride in his work. We're so lucky to have him. He, he really, um, he's he an so much to the bro, podcast. It's, it's so, it's so good to have him on our side. Yeah. We're, 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 we're really lucky. And of course we want to thank our associate producers, uh, Zach Raggetts and uh, Peter Holmstrom, who was so great about uh, researching and pulling all the clips for every episode which we've been using and have been great and uh of course our video producer dylan middlebrook our producer nally miscali and 
you know, we'll uh, of course be back next week, next Friday with an all new episode. And if you just can't get enough of the Trexperts, and I understand it might be tough, but uh, you can always check out the Trexperts briefing room, our audio only audio commentaries on episodes, significant episodes of Star Trek history with special guests, writers, producers, um, super fans. They're all there. They're all sharing great stories, just like Darren and Bill Shatner did in Ticonderoga. So check out the Trexperts Briefing Room on the Trexperts Briefing Room podcast feed. That's a different podcast feed from Inglorious Trexperts. If you subscribe to this podcast, you're not getting Trexperts Briefing Room. You need to subscribe to that podcast, and you also need to rate that five stars. And then maybe we'll let you come back next week. So anyway. And then maybe you'll get a certificate. And then if you'll get a certificate signed by both of us. So there. <laughs> anyway, uh, I want to thank everybody. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week with an all new episode of Trek Sports. Until then, keep on trekking and gloriously, of course. This show is produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production.